Hello, mama. I am excited again. <laughs> Pretty much always am, especially just to be here with you. I've just realized how much I love creating and it's it's so fun to get to encourage you and I just it's just the best to be here. So, thanks for tuning in so that I can keep talking into my mic. <laughs> uh, it means the world to know you're listening. Uh, and so today we're going to continue a, a topic I'm a little fiery about, a little passionate about, uh, and that is this lie that so many of us inadvertently fall into that men are the problem. Um, men are the reason, our husbands specifically are the reason why we struggle in XYZ areas, why things aren't going right. And you know, we've talked in the last episode, this is part two. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to part one, but we just talked about how, you know, even if you wouldn't say that explicitly and say that your husband's a problem, these little beliefs from our culture sneak into our mindset, into how we see our husbands, into how we see our marriage. And so we are just here to dissect that. And so we're going to go into more of that today. And in the last episode I shared a personal story about how this showed up in my marriage that I hope you laughed at with me and um, and maybe saw yourself a little bit in um, because I know I'm not the only one that struggles with this. And so I'm excited to continue with this today. Hey, though, I have to make sure you know in case you didn't hear, the Academy is launching again. The Healed Mama Academy is beginning on April 17th, and I couldn't be more excited about it. It's even more improved than the last time. So if you have just been struggling, maybe in, in this, what we're talking about today, that you've been struggling in your marriage, that even as you listen to this, you're like, okay, that's great, Brittany, but I really, this these beliefs are so deeply in me. I don't know how to stop blaming. I don't know how to, how to step into this. Um, in the academy, we go through, first of all, your mindset, how your pain has created these lies and how to step out of those by naming the truth of God's word and, and choosing different ways to act. And, and that's going to transform everything. But we also spend a whole portion of our time on marriage and we go into what your marriage looks like right now and assessing our marriages and applying restoration theory to our marriages. And so that's going to be a great place for you. And even if marriage isn't the thing you're struggling with, we go through everything. Um, the, the cool thing about restoration theory, which is kind of one of the, the key elements that we, we use to, a tool to kind of look at everything through. And the cool thing about it is it relates to every one of your relationships and every one of your struggles. So it touches on anxiety, touches on depression, not just touches on, but when you look at your own pain cycle, uh, you can see how your own pain has led you to that anxiety, led you to that depression, led you to that anger. And so then you learn a plan for how to get out of it. And we, we literally help you rewire your brain so that you can create new thought patterns and new behaviors from that. And so just get excited. If you need like a boost it's time for some change, then hop on in. Make sure you don't wait. Spots are filling up quickly. You can go check out more information at morningmamaacademy.gr8.com. Uh, you can find the link for that in the show notes or in the Facebook group, all of the places. I am just so excited to read your application and get to know you more. And I just hope that you will join me for this 16 week journey to change your life to help you on that journey of healing so that you can, you can stand in that identity of being a healed mama. So I'm excited. 
I want to read one more review for you today because, again, I just want you to throw all the excuses off. If you're like, I'm not sure. This is a lot of work. This is a big investment. I'm not sure. Let me help you be sure. If God is calling you to this, I want you there. So this is uh, one of the reviews from someone that graduated last year in the fall. Um, And she said, the Morning Mama Academy was everything I needed and more. I felt for a while like I hadn't been hearing from or in connection with God. And as we close the academy, I feel closer than I have ever been. Brittany is truly gifted in leading moms to discover all God has for them. I have never felt so encouraged and confident as a mom. Despite the knowledge, wisdom, and encouragement, so many practical tools have found their way into my life. And I have... Uh, and I have had so many, I have so many more ready to implement. I am forever thankful that Brittany said yes to the call God gave her to be here right now doing this. And I just get so encouraged by that. I love that. And it's funny because, you know, I was just reminded, uh, recently, and I'd shared this with you way back in episode 64, but I was reminded about how, uh, this was actually a vision God gave me when I was like a little elementary schooler. I, <laughs> my cat had kittens and, uh, I, I made this like kitty boot camp for them and I took them outside and I had them climb trees and hop over things and do all these different things so that they could become the best little kitties that they were meant to be, that, that I wanted them to just be all that they could be. And so it's so crazy to think back and know that, that this is part of God's design for me. And so that's why, you know, feel so confident in, in calling you to this because I'm like, God made me for this, you know, and he wants you to be free. He wants you to be healed. And so, uh, yeah, come and enjoy the gifts that he is, has put in me and wants to use for your good. Um, and so I'm just so excited and I want to get to know your stories and, um, coach you and it's just going to be so great. So hop on over, go check out more information at morningmamaacademy.gr8.com and apply and I can't wait to see you there. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, I'm so excited to continue this topic today. I get a little fiery about it. Um, I think because I've just seen how destructive this lie has been in my life, and I want to help you break free as well. And so we are diving into this lie that husbands are, our husbands are the problem, that men are the problem. And in the last episode, I shared with you a story about how when my husband had had a vasectomy and he had to sit on the couch for two days, I just immediately, so quickly went to this, this thought that like, oh, he shouldn't have to do this. This isn't fair. Why didn't I sit on the couch after I gave birth to our children? Like, why does he have to do it? Oh, it's because men are weak. It's because, you know, society has this bent towards them. And it's because he had a male doctor that is the reason that he sat on, he needs to sit on the couch. And like, it's just crazy how fast my mind went there. And so I am ready 
to be done with this. And I imagine if you have seen this in yourself, you're ready too. You know, this, what informed those thoughts that I was having and my stinky attitude with my husband is I just had these thoughts of men should do these things. Men don't do enough. Men are weak. Men are lazy. Men are the problem. And it is enough. That is enough. We need to stop that mentality. And that is what I want to help you do today because culture is screaming these things at our men, at our husbands. It's screaming those sounds at them all the time that they are, are the problem, that they are bad husbands, they are bad fathers. And there, there's so much out there about that. And you know what impact things have when, when you hear them? You know how words have an impact on us. Have you heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Um, and when we speak something over someone, it, it starts taking place. And when we predict something for someone, it begins happening. And so culture has made this loud sound defining who men are and saying what, what they, what culture says about them. And so that, that is leading men to potentially this self-fulfilling prophecy where maybe if you are seeing some of those things in your husband, maybe some laziness, maybe some um, not wanting to be part of the family, not wanting to step as, up as a husband or as a father, then maybe, just maybe, some of that is because of the self-fulfilling prophecy that that culture has spoken this over them, and we potentially have spoken this over them, and so now they're just living up to what we've said that they are. Now, I think sometimes also our, our perception of what is happening is very off. I know that's true in my case. But if there are any, any bits of truth in this, that, that our men are not doing enough, like let's, let's think about what impact we have had on that. Because if culture is screaming at them one thing and telling them about one thing about themselves, are we reinforcing that or are we shouting the very opposite, even louder than culture? Because I know in my home, I, I was going with culture. Now I wouldn't say you are the problem and maybe in a moment of, you know, I was deep in pain and my anger was full on out there, which those moments are few and far between these days, but they will come sometimes. And so maybe in those moments I would say things like that, but most of the time, it would sound just a little more nuanced. It would sound like just little insinuation and in things I say, or even just the tone or times where I don't back him up in front of our kids or don't, uh, I'm always correcting what he does and thinking that my way is the best way, right? There's all of these little ways that I undermine who he is and I question him. And so I wonder if, if you have any of that in you, like, Think about this question. Do you think that your husband feels built up by you? Like, like stronger because of what you say to him? Do you feel, do you think he feels supported by you? Does he feel encouraged by you? Does he feel like a superhero because of what you say to him? Like, does he feel that good? Like, yes, I can do this right? Like that's when, when we speak that life, that's what it, what happens is we, we start to believe we can do something. And that is our job. No matter what our husbands are doing, it is our job to encourage them and build them up in that way so that they believe that they are superheroes. And I know it's so easy in this moment as I'm encouraging you and challenging you to go to that place where you're like, well, my husband doesn't do that for me. Like, <laughs> what about me? 
you know, I want that. And the thing is, someone's got to start, right? (laughs) If we are not speaking life to our husbands, they are are not going to be able to live up to who God's called them to be. And therefore, it's going to be even harder for them to speak that life into you. Now, yes, both sides need to be doing this, but we're not here to talk about their job because, and we're going to dive into this today, ultimately, what is happening on their end is not our responsibility. God is holding us accountable for our behavior unrelated to our husband's behavior. And again, we're going to go more in deep into that. And here's the bonus. Like, yes, that's true. Like we are accountable. And ultimately that is the, what we need to focus on. But just so you know, when you begin to speak to your husband in this way, when you begin to, to lift him up with your words and, and help him feel like, you know, the man of the house, like a superhero, right? It will change the fabric of your home. It will change how he sees himself. It will change how we see him. It will change how our kids see him. Like you beginning that will transform your entire house. And I imagine most of the time that also will begin to trickle back to you. But that's not what we're here to worry about because we cannot control what they do. What we're here to worry about is your job as a wife. So let's go into some practicals. I have seven points to share with you so that you can just understand a little bit more about what your your role as a wife looks like and how to just practically step out of a space where you are stuck in this rut of criticizing or stuck in this rut of seeing him this way. And so number one, I've already kind of said this, but it's your job to encourage him even when he even when you don't feel like he deserves it. So hard. And we're going to go through a lot of verses just to help support this point. This is your responsibility. Like, like I said, you will stand before God one day and be accountable for this because you have stepped into the role of being his wife. And so even if he doesn't live up to his end of the bargain of being a good husband, even if you are still responsible to be a good wife. Now, I do want to take this moment just to speak to any of you that are just truly in a destructive marriage, an abusive marriage. Um, you know, maybe your husband is uh, physically tearing you down. Maybe he's tearing you down with his words. And I'm not talking to you today. That's a different situation. You need uh, professional help to get to a healthy place, to get out of it, to get healing. Like, th- this is not towards you if... if um, if you are just facing destruction, um, abuse, then it's, it's, then you need to get out and get some help and not do this alone. God does not want you to be stuck in a marriage where you are being hurt. Now, there's also some marriages where, um, it's not just a one-way abuse and there's maybe it's, it's two-sided and, you hurt your husband with your words and he hurts you with your words. And this is absolutely for you if that is true, because we hold so much power in our end of things. And so I do want to speak to you, but I just wanted to say that if you are in an abusive marriage, go and get some help to figure out what to do next. Okay. But for most of us, the majority of us, that's not going to be the situation. 
And so I am in this speaking to you if that is not your scenario. Okay, so we're going to go through some verses just to reinforce that it's our job to encourage and build up our husbands. I got a few different ones for you, different directions to go. So first of all, just like a basic one, uh, this is Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Oh, first Thessalonians 5.11. So this is not speaking specifically to wives, but as we know, our role as a wife is even more important than just how we're to treat uh, the church body and others, right? There's even more significance. And so if we're to do this with just people on the street, how much more are we to do this with our husbands, right? Okay, we're going to go a little deeper here. Now we're going to dive into 1 Peter 3. This is a big portion of scripture. I'm not sure if I'll read all of it, but I think verses 1 through 14, we're going to go through a majority of that. So if you want to read along, grab your Bible and um, kind of read along with this. I'm reading from the ESV version. Okay, so it says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see that you're respectful and pure conduct. Okay, we're going to stop there for a second. I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about in that even if your husband is not loving and kind and helpful, even if, okay, I think they are more than most of us realize, But even if that is true of your husband, it is our job to show them respectful and pure conduct and to even be subject to them in that. Okay, so that is our job. And and I love that this says that like that can win them over, right? Like that's kind of what I was talking about, that you changing yourself is going to transform your whole marriage. And so there's some more proof of that. And so this, here it is, even in those situations, we are to love and be respectful. Okay. Then we're going to go on verse three. It says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with an imperishable imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So it just, it goes on. I love that it talks about how you know, I think a lot of times as wives, it's so easy to focus on being a beautiful wife. Like we want to look good for our husbands. We want to, you know, stay fit and like have nice clothes. And especially if we're going on a date, like we want to, we want to think about those things. And it's so easy to think about those things, especially like in going on a date. Right. And that's good. This verse is not saying don't do those things at all, but it's saying your, your true beauty does not come from the outside. Your true beauty comes from this inside, this gentle and quiet spirit. So I want you, Mama, for a minute just to look at your own spirit. What has your spirit looked like? When you speak to your husband, would would he describe it as gentle and quiet? Or is it like I have been, where it's filled with pride and arrogance and hate at times? Right? Is it filled with these, you know, kind of like, um, I think one of the things culture is doing as it, it tears men down is it's making women more powerful. 
And I, I understand how that's happened because there's been, you know, decades of women being suppressed. And I, and I understand that that's also sin, but it's also sin to suppress men and to push them down and to make us more powerful. Like, I think the sound of culture is the absolute antithesis of a gentle and quiet spirit. Like culture would say that gentle and quiet spirit makes you weak and makes you vulnerable. It, it is, you know, it's buying into this culture where, where, uh, women were subjugated, right? But here, the word of God it says this is what makes us beautiful. This is the very thing that makes us beautiful far more than our makeup and dresses and, and cute hair, right? Like this is the thing that makes us beautiful. So what does that look like for you? And then there's the whole topic of submitting to our husbands. And I, I know this is a topic we need to spend a lot more time on and go into in some other episodes, but this is so clear in these verses that we are to submit to our husbands. So what does that look like in your home? Are you, are you trusting his decisions? Are you saying, you know what? I have your back. Are you saying, okay, if you think this is best, then I'm behind you. Or are you constantly arguing with him? Are you constantly correcting him? Are you telling him how to parent? Are you telling him how to load the dishwasher? Like, what does that look like? Are you willing to submit to your husband? And again, The verse started out with saying, even if your husbands do not obey God's word, you are still to do this, right? We are accountable for our own actions. And so, you know, there's other verses in the Bible that talk about men, husbands, lay down your life for your wife. And so God God wants this equal, um, you know, we're both laying down our lives for each other. But even if he's not doing that half of things, are you doing your half? Okay, and then I'm going to read a little bit more. It's not specifically talking to wives, but I just think it's applicable in terms of if we're, if we're called to treat everyone this way, even more so does this go for our husbands. And so dropping down to verse eight, it says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repeat evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So it's just going into all these things that we are called to be that are so counter what the world would say we should do, right? That we would choose humility, that we would have tender, soft hearts, that when, when evil is done to us, we wouldn't throw evil back. So you know, in, in this application, if our husband hurts us by whatever it is, right? Saying something mean, being distant, whatever, we're not going to yell at him. We're not going to criticize him. Like that's repaying evil for evil. So even in those moments where he is sinning, it is our job to choose to have a humble heart. And then picking back up in verse 10, it says, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace. Seek peace. Are you seeking peace in your marriage or are you seeking conflict? Let him seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Verse 13, it says, now who is there to harm if you are zealous for what is good? Like if if you are just seeking to do good, there's, there's no one you need to yell at. If you're just constantly seeking good, you don't need to yell at your husband because you're looking for the good in him. 
Verse 14 says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. And this is kind of talking more about um, being persecuted, but it's true even in a marriage, right? Like even if you are suffering because you're doing good to, to honor God's word and be the wife you're called to be, even if you're doing that alone, and there will be pain in doing that alone, but even in that pain, you will be blessed. This is what God calls you to do. And anytime he calls you to do something, he's going to bless you through it. Whew, these are some high stakes, right? Like this is who we're called to be as wives. Wow. I mean, I know for me, as I, I read that, I'm convicted. I'm like, whoa, I got a long ways to go as a wife. I've got a long ways to go. But gosh, I love that God just defines it so clearly so that I don't get lost in the confusion of culture and uh, these ways of culture that, that are destructive to my marriage. So this, this excites me too. It convicts me, challenges me, and excites me. All right, and if I haven't already made my point enough, here's just a couple, couple last quick ones. Um, Matthew 5, 43 and 44, it says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I did a whole episode on this recently, but this so applies here. It's like if we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, how does this mean we're supposed to treat our husbands, right? Like, ooh, if that's not convicting, <laughs> I don't know what is. Okay, one last one, um, although I'm sure I could keep going on. This is found in, let's see, I had it up just a second ago, Mark 9.35, and it says, and this is Jesus talking, it says, and he sat down and called the 12, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last and servant of all. So, as we know, God's kingdom, his um, laws are upside down to cultures. And, you know, right now culture is trying to help women come out from the bottom and, and come up to the top, right? But ultimately, like really, if we want to come to the top, <laughs> we have to put ourselves last. And so are we serving our husband that way? Are we putting him before us? What does that look like? Because I know I am myself constantly fighting to be first. I'm constantly fighting to be heard, to, to have him see my perspective, to have him do it my way, to have him give me more help. It's, um, it's a lot more rare that I'm fighting to serve him and fighting to figure out how I can support him. And I'm getting slightly better at that, but it's still a challenge. And it's more often not that I am fighting for me being first. So what about you? What does that look like in your marriage? And we're going to go more in depth into this about how we can do that for our husbands and how we can work to do that better. But I just want you first to sit and reflect, like, what does that look like? Are you serving him? Are you loving him? Are you putting him first? Are you building him up? Where are you at? And hey, it's okay if you're similar to me and this has been a struggle. It's okay. God forgives. God redeems. And this is why God has you here in this moment so that you can start brand new today. Doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. It's going to be a fight to get to a different place. But you're strong enough for that fight, Mama. And you know, this is kind of a side point, but you know, as I'm trying to put my child to sleep and he is not going to sleep, it just made me think about our children and how they are impacted by this. Because I think as we raise both boys and girls, you know, never are we saying, oh, you shouldn't be strong, right? We're, we're teaching our kids how to be strong, both boys and girls. But 
As we know, our kids learn more from what we do than what we say. So what are they picking up on in your marriage? What are they picking up on about men and women and what that looks like from how you treat your husband? Because I know that goes a lot farther than we realize. And so again, we don't need to head to condemnation where the enemy would try and tell us, well, you're just not good enough. You can never be enough. This is just where you are. You should feel horrible and you should not move forward because it's just too overwhelming. That's not, that's not what God says. God says, yes, daughter, this is good to hear. This is good to learn. It's time to turn around. I'm calling you higher. I'm going to be right with you in the journey. You can do this. I've made you strong. And he calls up, us up higher. So make sure you're, as you're listening to all of this, you're not letting that voice of condemnation take you down, but you're letting God's voice take you higher. All right. Well, I don't know if you can hear in the background, but my child is not going to sleep and it's about time to wrap up this episode. So we're going to have one last episode talking about this lie and and kind of going through the rest of the steps of how we can get out of this lie and get into a fruitful place of our marriage where we're building up our husband. So let me just pray for you. God, I thank you for every mama that's listening. I thank you for her investment into her marriage and her willingness to hear the truth. God, I just pray for your power over the lies that are inside of her. God, I pray she would be able to recognize them. I pray you would pull them out of her like you pull weeds out of a garden, Lord. I pray you'd help her to identify areas where those weeds need to be pulled, God, and you would give her the strength to do it and you would supernaturally do it, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that your truth would replace all of those weeds. Your beautiful flowers would spring up in replacement, God. And um, I pray against the voice of condemnation that would just tell her that she could never be this kind of wife, God. Um, And I just pray for conviction, God, that you would say, hey, there's something more. Your marriage is going to grow more beautiful because of you making these choices in the future. And so, God, we just thank you for your direction and your wisdom and your truth, God. We just stand firm upon it, God. Just keep leading and guiding us in this journey, Lord. We love you and we praise your name. In Jesus' name we Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.